0: dj it's been too long how you doing my brother
1: sean i'm doing well man it's great to be back on the podcast with you see you in the den putting in your work uh i've missed being on here but uh yeah glad to hop on here as we hit the uh you know the last little bit here of the, the canada west and uh, youth sports season
0: yo the last time i talked to you was before thanksgiving so i gotta ask you how's your thanksgiving
1: Thanksgiving was great, man. Ate too much, uh, you know. I think as as everyone did, but um, it was nice to enjoy a little bit of a bye week as well, and uh, spend some time with family, and you know, uh, be able to check out for a minute, and then uh, come back a little hungrier and a little bit more focused now for the back end.
0: Yeah, quick, yeah. Quick question. Hold up though. Did y'all do anything for Thanksgiving like as a team? Because I know like that's some important thing for some teams. Y'all some some teams have some dinner. Some teams have some get-togethers, watch some movies. Like, what did y'all do like as a team over in Manitoba?
1: We practiced. <laughs> we, we came together, we practiced early, so all these guys could get out and, and eat as much as they could eat. Um, but yeah, we wanted we wanted to take advantage of the extra work day, um, you know, so we came together, we enjoyed our, each other's company, and uh, yeah, got them out
0: early. You know, I'm not surprised there. When you have championship intentions on your mind, it'd be like that sometimes, it'd be like that. Hey,
1: we we try. I'm I'm sure they would have wished for uh maybe a movie or something like you said, but uh, no man. We uh the football season's too short. You got you got a day that you can use to
0: prepare. You're gonna use it. That's facts. That's facts. All right, here we go. Here we go. My name is Deshaun Stevens,
1: and this is DJ Lalama,
0: and welcome to Take It or Leave It the show. Where we deliver you sports football news for all 27 different schools. DJ. Canada West came back off the bye week. We had a conference-wide bye week last week. No Canada West teams played. This week, every single Canada West team played. And they actually played on a Saturday as opposed to a Friday, which kind of threw me off guard because I was liking the Friday night football. I'm not going to lie. Um, You said you prefer the Saturdays. Uh, so here we go. Let's get into it. Lester Day, y'all, the Manitoba Bison faced the UBC Thunderbirds. Y'all traveled to UBC. And UBC came away with the win 27-1. to Uh, Quarterback Garrett Rooker had 182 passing yards and two touchdowns. Isaiah Knight had 122 total rushing yards. And Jason Saronio had 117 receiving yards and two total touchdowns. DJ, I need your perspective. What happened yesterday? I know y'all tried to come back in the end, but couldn't complete the comeback. Talk to me about this game.
1: Yeah, man, I mean, uh, we, we talk about it every week, right? Uh, Canada West, it, it's one of the most grueling conferences. It's ultra competitive. And, and any given week, right, you got to show up with your best because cause you know your opponent is going to do so. Um, I think, you know, traveling across the country, um, it, it puts you behind the eight ball a little bit right from the jump. You know what I mean? A couple time zones, um, but that's not making an excuse. You know, UBC came out um, and they were ready to go. They were hungry to, you know, to call it, redeem the earlier loss, right, that they suffered at home, um, you know, about a month ago now, and uh, they came out firing. They came out running the ball really well. Uh, they got a new heavy package that they've been utilizing really well on offense with Stevenson Bone, um, doing a good job there, uh, a little bit more motion than, than you're used to seeing. Um, and it gave our guys some fits. Um, you know, Isaiah Knight's a hell of a ball player, and I think because Rooker was, was using his feet a little bit more, um, you know, it, it kept you maybe a little bit more honest and, and it had maybe some of our eyes in the, in the wrong places uh, early on. Um, and when you give a good team like that a, a lead early, you know, then they come out with a surprise onside and, and catch us off guard and go down and score again. Um, you know, you put yourself in a hole, you know, 21 to seven early on. Um, unfortunately, we had a penalty that wiped away, you know, what would have been a, a, a program record uh, long field goal return touchdown by Marcella Ruta Welch Um Heck, a heck of a play on his part, and, and unfortunately, had to come back due to a holding call. Um, but, you know, you go into halftime, down 21-7. Um, I thought our guys did a good job of, of, of rallying, as you mentioned, late, um, a.k.a. Kassama, um, you know, extending drives. Um, I think he had all those receiving yards in the second half, in the, in the fourth quarter, to be specific. You know, Des Descatele trying to be a magician on his feet and keep things alive. You know, it came down to the wire, you know what I mean? We, we had a chance the last minute there to uh, to take the lead again, but credit where credit is due. UBC played a pretty full football game, you know, all three phases of the game, and and they beat us fair and square. And, um, you know, I think both teams match up pretty well against each other, and they made a couple more plays than we did. So kudos to them. You know, I thought, again, their, their offense played pretty well, and, you know, their defense did what they needed to do.
0: Yeah, I think we gotta give shout outs. Hold up to Garrett Rooker. You said he used his feet, tried to you know do his thing on the ground. What are your thoughts on that hurdle that he had for a touchdown? Honest thoughts.
1: Yeah, you know what? He's uh, he, he's a good football player, man. There's no questions about it. You know, you you've seen it time and time again. Um, you know, dating back to to his freshman campaign. You know, he he's a ball player. You know, he's gonna make some plays. And uh, I know Marcel. You know, probably doesn't let any get thrown on him, um, but he's not sleeping too good last night, knowing that he got hurtled uh, either. But, you know, guys make plays. And, uh, you know, Rooker made a, a couple, you know, world-class plays yesterday. And,
0: um, you know, they, they deserve the W. No, awesome. And I think, listen, talk about the middle tier of Canada West. I think this year, like, the middle tier of Canada West is so competitive, right? um Before entering this week, y'all, UBC, and Alberta essentially had the same record, right? Mm-hmm. And, and y'all are y'all fighting for those uh, three and four spots. Things got a little bit interesting yesterday. Obviously, UBC won, right? Y'all took that L, yep. but then obviously we saw Calgary pick up that win over Alberta. So knowing now that, you know, Calgary picked up that win over Alberta, and that kind of shakes up the playoff race a little bit, can you talk to me about your mindset and the team's mindset going forward into next week? And I ask you this every week, right? I think I ask you this every time we talk about team mindset. Um, but I really want to know, like, what the team mindset is now going to a later half of the season, knowing that y'all are still on the brink of being able to make the playoffs.
1: For sure. No, I mean, I think, you know, dating back to the, to the game yesterday against UBC, you know, f- for us, you know, every game is, is a playoff week. You know, and that's how we have to prepare. Um, there's no point in holding anything back. You know what I mean? When, when everyone, like you said, is in that tight playoff race for, for spots three and four, um, you know, I think we have another opportunity to play as a team, you know, another opportunity to trust in our process, uh, another opportunity to, to get better, right, at the things that we need to get better at. And, you know, yes, there's a couple more weeks in playoffs, but, you know, for us, it's, it's focusing on next week, you know, next practice. And not getting too far ahead, because if we do, um, we'll miss the opportunity that's right in front of us to, to give ourselves a shot. You know, we're, we're, we're fortunate that we can still control our own destiny here, uh, given the results with Alberta and Calgary. And um, that's our job, you know, not to look too far outside, but focus on what we have internally and um, go and put a better effort forth uh, next Saturday against the University of Alberta.
0: Shift gears now over to Saskatchewan. Regina because I think that was the rematch that a lot of people been wanting to see for a couple weeks now um so here we go Saskatchewan won that game 23 to 20 quarterback Mason Ice had 297 passing yards one touchdown Riker Frank had 86 rushing yards 132 receiving yards and one touchdown and the Saskatchewan defense had three total interceptions on the day Uh, Saskatchewan actually led the game for most of the duration of the game And Regina made a late comeback, but couldn't complete that comeback. DJ, I need your thoughts. Do you think the Regina Rams are still a team that we could look at as being capable of beating the Saskatchewan Huskies?
1: You know what I do? Um, You know, I I think University of Regina has a phenomenal defense. Um, I think they've shown that all year, uh, regardless of opponent. And, you know, like you said, I mean... Riker Frank did his thing but outside of that you can argue that they really shut down you know most of those playmakers on the other side and I mean Nahas I mean he's a good football player but you know they contained him you know there, there wasn't a ton of big plays and um, I, I think Regina's done a great job and I think you know three point you know victory I mean that can go either way you know we know how football works that's one play. So, I mean, kudos to University of Regina. I think they're going to end up facing at some point, I'm sure, in the playoffs, whether it's the semifinal or, or you know, or or west championship, and it's going to be another heavyweight belt. And, um, you know, we said it before, but football is alive and well in, in the province of Saskatchewan. And, um, you know, every, everyone steps up when they play USASC, you know, but I do think on that front, it's important to realize, too, you know, the perseverance um, and the experience that's coming through from the Husky football program. You know, we were up at the half against them, uh, you know, before the bye and they came back and, and put together, you know, one heck of a second half, you know, Regina's up, you know, USS comes back, same thing, you know, so so they're dealing with um, the momentum shifts in a game. They're dealing with coming from behind um, and making those in-game adjustments and you're seeing it pay off. Um, and that's a kudos to their coaching staff and, and their kids to, you know, get their mind right and and be able to make those changes mid game. So they're a great opponent. I truly believe that they are the number one, you know, battle tested team in the country right now. Um, And Regina has been, you know, shot for shot with them all season. So it was a great football game. And like I said, I think you're going to see another one before the season's over.
0: And you talk about how this program in Saskatchewan is able to persevere through tough moments. If you even bring things back to yesterday, Regina scored with one minute and one second left on the clock in the fourth quarter. And then they kicked an onside kick and recovered the ball. And so they had a full minute to possibly drive down the field and possibly score. And here comes that Saskatchewan defense with a game-winning interception. I'm looking at this Saskatchewan team I'm saying, similarly to you, they're going through experiences where they're facing every type of hurdle, obstacle that they could possibly encounter in the regular season. And they're showing that they can overcome those obstacles. And I think that's what's going to get them ready now for a playoff push where, you know, Canada West playoff football is completely different. And then when you reach the national semifinal level, things get completely different. Now they're facing the AUS this year, so we'll see what happens there. But if they get to a Vanier Cup, they might have to be facing a likes of either like a Western or a Queens or a Laval or a Montreal. And you know that could be a dogfight. So this is a 6-0 program, but it's not like they're cruising to their wins. They're overcoming yeah. obstacles and proving that like, hey, if no matter what you throw at them, they can come back and they're ready to fight. So I think really and truly what we're seeing from Saskatchewan is one of the more impressive regular season runs of all time. And that kind of leads into the next question I have, because... I'm looking at this team right now. Five of their six wins have come against nationally ranked opponents. I know the Western Mustangs have not lost right now. They're still undefeated as well. But do the Saskatchewan Huskies, given the campaign they've had this year, do they deserve to be the number one team in the country?
1: It's a great question. And I think it probably depends what side of Thunder Bay you live on in, in terms of giving that answer. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm biased. I mean, obviously, I see the, you know, the game shit that takes place in the Canada West, it, it is ultra compar- competitive and there is so much parity out here. Um, it's a slightly different game, right? It's a little bit more, you know, ground and pound, even, you know, distribution between pass and, and run. Um, in the OUA, you just see things kind of break wide open. You, know, you see a lot of big plays in the OUA, whereas you kind of see long drives, you know, um, being put together out West. And it, it's hard to argue, man. I really believe U of You know, offense, defense, special teams. Right now, the way that they've been battle tested, um, in my mind, you have to give it to them. I mean, yes, they they aren't the Vanier Cup champs, so it's hard to take away a number one seed from a team that hasn't lost in a very, very long time in the Western Mustangs. Um, my goodness, they they put together one heck of a campaign, and I mean, maybe we should have two number one seeds. <laughs>
0: listen uh, if I'm gonna be real with you I'm looking at I'm looking at Saskatchewan right now and like this is one of the most impressive campaigns that we'll ever see probably in our lifetime I think normally last couple of years you see undefeated teams come around every now and then most times those undefeated teams are the western mustangs and every now and then you'll see undefeated team come around and all they'll do is just like bulldoze their way to the playoffs to the conference championship and to the Vanier cup but I think like listen you're looking at this run I've never seen in my lifetime, in my time following you sports football, I've never seen a team, you know, have this many wins over top 10 opponents. Five wins of their six are against top 10 opponents. I think like there's that respect. These are not any like pushover teams, not any pushover teams, right? Even if you look at the like, Calgary Dinos who are like last place right now in the Canada West, that team this year, I mean, listen, they're not they're not the best, but like they got some really like impressive young players. I'm looking at, I'm looking at Saskatchewan Huskies and I'm looking at their undefeated campaign. And I'm looking at the Western Mustangs. I'm looking at their undefeated campaign and it's two completely different stories. And it's like, you have one team here out here in the West, balling with you guys, that's putting up record, you know, record numbers that has it, that has the player that might win the heck that's, you know, battle tested. And then you have this team out here in Ontario that is also undefeated, but they've been whooping everybody. I mean, their first challenge, actual challenge came yesterday, and we're going to talk yeah. about that soon, right? So for me as a top 10 voter, it's extremely hard every week when I think about that number one and number two spot, because there is a legitimate actual like, hey, like Saskatchewan does have a case to be the number one team in the country. So for me, as a I could say it's super hard.
1: I, I totally agree. And I think one thing that's important when we talk about that word called battle tested, you have Sask has been trailing in half of the games that they've been playing in the second half. So not only have they won five of six against top 10 teams, they have come from behind to win in three of those games. So I think their wins come in different fashions. I think they've been able to make those adjustments. They've been able to play with, you know, a negative script at times due to where they have been in the game so I think battle tested is a really good point because I mean that's something that's gonna rear its head come playoff time, right? The, the games are going to be a little bit tighter, and um, you know, they've experienced that now um, a little bit more uh, a little bit more so obviously than than Western has.
0: We talked about Western. yesterday, Western faced Windsor, and uh, Western came in with the win fifty to eighteen. Let's go through the stats. Evan Hillock had 299 passing yards and two touchdowns. Keon Edwards had 144 rushing yards and one touchdown. Receiver Seth Robertson had 163 receiving yards and one touchdown. On Windsor's side, their offense wasn't thriving, but their defense had five tackles for a loss and one forced fumble. Big side note, this game was 18-25 to with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Like Western led this game by only one score with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And then we're able to blow the door open after a couple of penalties here and there, a couple of questionable call- calls by the referee, and then ended up, you know, scoring 25 unanswered to win the game. DJ, what did this game reveal to you about both of these programs?
1: I mean, I think it revealed, uh, you know, that Windsor is who we thought they were, you know, and, and I think that they're an ultra competitive team. They're a young team, and we use the word inexperienced, right, and, and maybe not battle tested. Um, they can hang with the powerhouse now that we've seen, right, for, for essentially the whole game, uh, less six minutes there at the end. Um, but they're they're in that conversation. Um, they gave Weston all they could handle. I mean, they had five sacks on defense. Um, you know, it, it's tough, tough to contain Edwards and Winati um, but for the most part of the game, I thought they did a really good job. And, you know, Windsor, maybe some of that youth um, and that lack of experience you know, came through in, in the high-pressured moments there at the end of the game. Um, but that's part of the process, right? That That's the biggest game that a lot of those kids had played, right? And, and I think now that they've been battle-tested, there's going to be learnings and teachings that they can take away. And I'm excited to see if they get another shot at Western before the season's over. Um, and on the flip side, I mean, we kind of just spoke to it, you know, with regards to the University of Saskatchewan. I mean... Western was battle tested yesterday for the first time, really, you know, this season. And, you know, it looked a little meek, you know, for for the most of the game. And he said, wow, like, what what what's going on here? Like, Windsor is, is kind of, you know, dominating in aspects of the game. And then sure enough, you know, good old Western comes out and throws up 25 points in the span of five minutes. And, you know, they're notorious. They're super streaky. They're super well coached you know, beyond experienced. And, you know, again, they did enough and and they did what they needed to do to get the W. But um, I think both of those programs are going to be uh, in our discussion points here moving forward at least one more time.
0: Yeah, I got to say, first off, for Windsor, big ups to Windsor. What I saw from them yesterday was like phenomenal on the defensive end. Like they were able to really load the box and stop that run and kind of try to force Evan Hillock to throw the ball and beat them. And their defensive backs did a really good solid job of staying on those re- receivers and breaking up a lot of those passes. Uh, so big ups to them on the offensive side of the ball. That's where they had some issues. So I think Western, they have one of the top rushing, you know, defenses in the nation. They're one of the best at stopping the run and Windsor's offense flows through Joey Zorn. Right. And so when you're able to load up the box and stop Joey Zorn, then you're forcing Danny Skelton to throw the ball. And listen, he, he's not there, there yet as one of the top receivers in the OUA. Right. So They were were just trying to make things work, make ends meet. They were chipping away at it, kicking field goals, doing their thing, but their defense kept them in the game. So shout-outs to them. If I'm an OUA team, if I'm an OUA opponent right now, I'm looking at Windsor and I'm going to be scared of that team in like the upcoming years because what they're going to evolve into with this being their first year of testing things out and having these new players come in and all that stuff, what they're going to evolve into, in my opinion, is a team that could challenge for a Yates Cup if this is what like the future holds, if this is year one of that rebuild. So shout outs to Windsor for Western. Now I look at yesterday's game and I'm actually scared for Western because the reality is this, if there weren't a couple penalty calls <laughs> that went their way, yep. I actually don't know who wins this game. They had the luck of facing a team that was inexperienced. Like you just talked about, but let's say they're in that situation now against a Montreal against a Laval in like in the Mitchell Bowl or let's yeah. say they're against that situation against a Saskatchewan in the Vanier Cup I, they ain't going to be giving up those penalties right I guarantee you, you're not going to see no running into the kicker you're not going to see no Mason Nias kneeling on third down when he's going to pick up the ball you're not going to see that right so I'm saying to myself looking at this experience right now that Western went through yesterday when they come into a situation where they face a team that has more experience has more venom and a little bit more older, and it's not going to make those mistakes, can they persevere? I'm not sure, right? So I'm a little bit worried about what I saw from Weston yesterday. But, I mean, all bets aside, right, when things are going their way, they've proven, again, they can whip anyone they want. They scored 25 unanswered points with, like, six minutes left. So they're dangerous. But oh, they're dangerous, when, they, right. when, when their back's against the wall, I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit scared. <laughs> I'm a bit scared. Hey, but,
1: but big shout-out in that game, though. I mean, we always talk about the run game, right? We always talk, talk about how it – you know, on, on offense there. And I think a big shout out to Bruce Moss, you know, a guy that's been in that program for four years and, and really hasn't had his time, but, you know, to see him go out there with nine tackles and, and two and a half sacks and, and a fumble and a fumble, reco- I mean, he balled out, you know, from his D line position. So kudos to him. And then, you know, I'm sure he was uh, long overdue, you know, I think he's put in the work and, and now you're starting to see it come to fruition. So kudos to, to Bruce Moss on, on a heck of a game yesterday.
0: Yeah, I think I think he put up a uh, defensive player of the week stat line. So, I, I hope real. so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the last OUA game we want to talk about is Queens versus McMaster yesterday. Uh, so Queens took the win, fourteen to ten. Big thing for Queens was their defense. This was a defensive affair. Okay, so Queens defense had four sacks, eight tackles for a loss, two interceptions. They limited Andreas Duick to only two hundred fifty yards pass, two hundred fifty six yards passing and no touchdowns uh so what did we learn about these two teams from yesterday's game dj
1: i mean again i I think queens is is a great football team you know and i think it showed you know obviously the offense didn't do a heck of a lot right i mean freaking only went nine to 25 you know 100 yards in the game you know you look at the rushing attack that's been really strong all year and you know you look at long and souls together and you know 75 yards you know, that's not going to cut it against, you know, the top echelon of OUA opponents. But I think when the offense wasn't able to do what they have been used to doing to see the defense step up the way that they did, you know, that's complementary football. And it's not every week that things are going to be firing on both sides of the, of the ball. So I think, you know, where it counted, um, yes, Mac, you know, they were, you know, held in check um, 30 yards rushing. You know that that's not going to cut it. You know from their tailback number one. So uh, I'm impressed with Queen's defense. I think uh, you know Mac did a great job on defense. Um, you know scheming up a, a great um, strategy. You know to go against the running attack from Queens. But Queens is battle tested, man. They're they're going to be there and they're going to be in the conversation come playoff time. So great football game though. Uh, you know I thought Mac might have it, but ultimately uh, you know the, the power and experience on that defensive side of the ball for Queens. I think did uh, did Mackin.
0: Yeah, Queens is solid. Their defense is solid. I think like, again, they had one of the best defenses in the country last year. Again, they've come back with one of the best defenses in the country this year. My only worry for Queens is that quarterback. Yeah. They, they need James Keenan. Like they need him. And I'm hearing that he has a knee injury and I don't know how serious it is. If that is the case and it's a serious knee injury, then they're in trouble at quarterback. Listen, Brieken's a solid kid. He had a, he had a great game against York, but then again, it was York. This week, they faced a legit team at McMaster, and you saw only 100 yards passing. When you look at James Keenan, this is, this is a senior who's, you know, who's been through all the triumphs before and is a true leader of that offense and is actually having an OUA All-Star caliber season. They need him if they want to make a run in the playoffs. If they don't have James Keenan, then any chances they had of being able to bang with Western, out the door, Done. I want to see James Keenan come back. Hopefully he's good to go by playoff time, but we'll see. Um, And then when it comes to McMaster, listen, they're a competitive team, and I think they can upset someone in the playoffs. Like, I think that's just the reality. Yeah, Yeah. I'm with you. I I, I think we all know their record is not who they truly are. They've had a pretty unlucky season so far. But I think even looking at yesterday, they they had the ball in their hand with one minute remaining in, you know, inside the Queens 40, driving down the field to, you know, score a touchdown and win the game. And Queen's defense just came up big, so I'm looking at McMaster. And I'm saying they're gonna upset someone in the playoffs. They're the team that I don't want to see in the postseason. If I'm any like OUA opponent vying for the playoffs, like I don't want to see McMaster at all because I know that they're extremely motivated. They're extremely pissed off for like the season that they've had in general, <laughs> and you know, like they they know that they're better than what their record says. So I don't want to see McMaster in the playoffs. They're gonna upset somebody. Uh, so that's all I think we have to say about that game, but. Let's get into two questions before we sign off. We only got six minutes left, all right? EJ, first question that we have from a fan. Do you think Montreal, do you trust that Montreal can win the Dunsmore Cup? You want me to get into this one first?
1: uh, Hey, yeah, you can go for it right now.
0: Yeah, I I don't trust them. (laughs) I don't trust that Montreal was going to win the Dunsmore. I don't trust them. Listen, their first game against Laval, they won by three points on a field goal. Now, granted, it's Laval. Right. Like that's one. That's the standard of Canadian University football right there. But when you barely beat Sherbrooke, who lost yesterday to McGill. All right. That's it. You're done. You're done. You're vulnerable. All right. You've given Glenn Constantine all he needs to game plan for you. Know everything about you. You've been exposed. And that's exactly what happened today. Right. So, uh, yeah, literally just now game just finished. Montreal went to Laval in front of 18,000 fans and lost 22 to three. 22 to three. Um, and also shout out to Glenn Constantine just picked up his 197th win, making him the most all time winning coach in the history of U sports football. So big ups to him, but I don't trust Montreal to win. It does more cup in 2022. I think it's Laval DJ, What are your thoughts?
1: It, it's hard to go against you there, man. I mean, I, I think Montreal's had, you know, kind of their, uh, their firm grasp there on, on that number one seed for the last couple of years and, and rightfully so. Um, but like you said, man, you, you talked about Venom. You know, and and I think, you know, Laval for so long had been used to just being kind of the aforementioned number one, right? They they weren't going to be challenged. And, and now for the last, you know, eight to 10 years, Montreal has been there. And, you know, this group of kids that Laval has been able to now recruit um, and develop, I don't know, we might be seeing a real shift back of power in, in you know, the RSEC. And and it's hard to argue. I mean, it, it's tough to beat a team twice in the season. So I'm excited to see that that next game between those two teams. But my goodness, Laval, uh, Laval took it to Montreal today. No yeah.
0: questions asked. 100%. And listen, I think, listen, at the quarterback, at the quarterback position, all the hype this year is around Mason Nias. And he's doing his thing. And he's go, he's probably going to win Canada West MVP. But Laval's quarterback, or No Desjardins? Yeah. That man is legit. <laughs> he's legit. And I don't think anyone's taking it in this year. Right now, He he's leading the country right now in passing touchdowns, mm-hmm. right? The Laval Rouge or have the number one most productive offense in the nation behind him, right? And I think, like, it, it's clear that, like, he's been the, the engine of change ever since he, you know, came in last year, mid-season. That, that offense has turned it around. So no one's really talking about him, but he might be the next great, like, RSCQ quarterback that we, we see come up with Jonathan Senegal, right? So I think people need to get used to hearing his name a lot more because he's going to be a front runner for, RCQ MVP. So, um, no, I'm totally with you. I think we're gonna be kind of shifting back to that Laval running things going forward. Um, but here we go. Last question, DJ. We got three minutes and thirty seconds left. Who is the best player in U Sports football? Who is the top player right now in U Sports football in 2022, in your opinion?
1: Man, I love how you start with me. That that's funny. You know, that's, <laughs> that's 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 funny. You know what? Um, I'm, I'm gonna go with Edwards, man. It's Vanier Cup champ. Best player on the best team, quote-unquote, right now. It's hard to look in another direction. I mean, you look at what Nias has been able to do, obviously, out West, um, and it's super impressive. Um, But, I mean, the thing with Western is everyone knows that they're going to run the ball. And Edwards still does what he does when people load up the box. You know, U of Sask, I think they're a well-balanced team. I think Riker Frank's done a great job in opening up the run game for them as well which keeps the teams and, and defenses honest. So right now I'm going with Edwards uh, as number one, but a close one B would be Nia ESL West. Absolutely.
0: No, I hear you. And listen, I got to go with Keon Edwards as well. And the reality is this, first off, I got to say Keon Edwards might not even win OUA MVP this year because statistically he's not even the top running back yep. in OUA. But if Keon Edwards played on a team where he was the sole number one running back, I think this man could rush for over 1500 yards in a season. Yep. Like, um, that's just the reality. Him and Edward we're naughty right now are two of the top five running backs in the, in the country, right? And, and Keon Edwards currently has 877 rushing yards, eight touchdowns. But like you just said, people know Western's going to run the ball. They know it, and they can't stop it. No front yeah. seven, aside from what we saw from Windsor yesterday, can stop it. And even though they stopped it for, through three quarters, they still let go in the fourth quarter, right? Because of that depth. So. Yes. People know Keon Edwards is coming and they can't stop him. And I'm looking at Keon Edwards and I'm saying, oh my gosh, I want to see now when he gets to the next level, I want to see how he can be used. Like, can he be someone that can come out the slot? Can he come out the backfield? I know he can run routes. I know he can catch the ball. I think there is so much more depth to his game that we actually don't get to see because he doesn't need to be used that much on Western's offense. But I think he truly is right now the best player in university football. A close number two, though, I think in in number two, like I'm looking at Mason Ias, I got to give some love to Edward Winati, too, because that brother, six foot two, 225 pounds running the ball. No one can stop him. And I think he's going to be the next great, you know, U-sports running back when Keon Edwards leaves. That man's going to run U-sports by himself. So I'm giving it to Keon Edwards. I think he's the best player in the country right now. We don't get to see enough of him because of the depth that Western has on offense. Mason Knight second, uh, Edward Winati third. EJ. We're done, bro.
1: We're done.
0: Like literally season one of Take Your Leave, it's almost done. How do you feel?
1: I wish there was more. I wish I wish there was an 18-game schedule and we could be on <laughs> one <couple> more time. <laughs> uh, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. That's too much football. No, um, man. So true, man. It's U Sports Football is special. And I'm excited that we've been able to uh to put a spotlight on some programs, some players, um, and some conferences that that don't get talked enough about. So I mean, kudos to you to, for putting this together. I'm excited to be a part of it. Um, and I'm excited to see, you know, what the next few weeks look like in this country when it comes to uh, Canadian football.
0: DJ, big ups to you, bro. Real talk. Can't do this without you, for real. Um, So, no, it's been great, like, actually being able to sit down with you over the last, like, month and a half and get through this. We still got one month and a little bit left until the Vanier Cup. So we still got one month's worth of episodes left, all right? Um, But listen, if you made this far, big ups to you. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at persevere underscore Twitter at persevere underscore and TikTok at persevere. Uh, this podcast is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow us. Stay up to date with us for everything U Sports football related or U Sports related. This is Deshaun Stevens, DJ La Lama. Peace and blessings always.